So this started on Monday of this week at 10.17 a.m. Dave texts me and Willis, interestingly. 10.17. Yeah. All right. I guess we'd already been texting about alternate side earlier in the day. I started the group text. And then he just continued it. He was like, hey, remember when Perfume Genius first started being a musician, Zach? You were a head. Nobody got tickets, it looks like. That was about alternate side parking, not about Perfume Genius. Mm, That's right. No, I wasn't. I just helped out at a show. Didn't see their set at all. When I finally fid hear it, I hated it. God damn it. I wish I had evidence of the time you said the album Learning was cool and reminded you of the band Wild Nothing. Must have been another girl. Nah, I remember specifically thinking how it was interesting you of all people. You told me to check it out. I'd never heard of the guy. Loomed large over my summer 2010, my first summer in NYC, loaded with memories. You thinking of Hump, the other tall conservative in your life. I never really liked Hump or took anything he said at face value, though, so it wouldn't have stuck the way this did. It's okay. We all change. Not me. Been against PG since day one. It doesn't bother me that you don't remember. It doesn't bother me that you don't remember. Hey, buddy. And then there's a screenshot of an envelope, or of an email. Yeah, uh, so my friend was a singer-songwriter, and he he used his studio in Bushwick off the Jefferson spot before that was that big as like a mm-hmm. like sixty-person concert venue that he had a few shows at, and I like did coat check for him just for fun. And so this was like an email in December of 2010 being like, Hey, this perfume genius guy's going to play. We like him. Do you want to help out or whatever? So then I was like, Hey Dave, see, this is the first time I ever really was aware of that person. See, this is proof that I couldn't have told you about it in summer of 2010. And then you say, I didn't even Uh, hear of them till December, 2010. Yeah. And then Dave says, you heard about them in July when Pitchfork reviewed the album. That's just a work email. Nope. At show, Chris asked if I knew them and said they were good. I said I hadn't. You looked at Pitchfork every day. I don't buy it. Every day I see 250 reviews of bands I never heard and don't look unto. I look into like 1M a month. 1 a month, not 1M. Stuff was diffy back then. You compared it to the band Wild Nothing who had a great album, Gemini, out that summer. With Quainatown, Chinatown, presumably. I remember that album and liking it. Listening to it, learning now, don't recommend, doesn't remind me of Wild Nothing. Lol, glad we cleared this up. I don't recommend coming at people with false memories. I don't recommend gaslighting people about their memories being false. I know what I know. I knew who told me about Perfume Genius. You think I helped out at a show for a band I liked a lot, but just sat by the the coat check rack the whole time instead of going in to watch, even when Chris came out and asked if I wanted to watch. What an unlikely course of events. I think you probably realized they weren't good after listening to the album Sober. I didn't say you liked them a lot. Just remember you telling me to download the album. Nice ad hominem. I mean, I did like Gemini a lot. 
felt from hearing the name in that email I sent you, no interest in the band. And yes, it's possible my eyes went over the name on P-Fork along with thousand other bands that never registered. If two people can't agree on a memory being wrong or right, I think we can disagree, and that's okay, and I'll move on. I think the world before there was Gmail search and other stuff, this happened a lot, and people were able to move forward. But coming at people with false memories? I'm not going to concede to your non-memory being truer than my memory, and I don't feel I came at you. Feel like your urgent defensiveness only bolsters my faith in myself, but also, it all feels so totally low stakes. Would love to talk about other stuff from here forward, if you're ready to not talk about this anymore. I'll just talk to myself, thank you. I have noticed all the people in your dreams think your ideas are really good. I've made my choice. I saw Perfume Genius open for Bell and Sebastian with my mom last summer. I thought you were just going to talk to yourself, Zach. This is a text to me and Willis. I feel misled by you. Wonder if you've ever been misleading me at other times. I thought this was the notes app. Sorry. It's cool. Um, I want to point out that in this group text that I was in, I didn't send a single message. Uh, <laughs> I actually woke up and I think the whole thing had already played out and I had like 50 new texts. Yeah, and Miles did that thing that he's been doing a lot where the only way that he can like show that he's an individual is to use like a black person do you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know how some like people a, re a react yeah like a black person react gif or whatever mm -hmm. and people get mad at you for doing that sometimes i've seen have you seen anybody any posts like that where people are like don't do that oh yeah i mean like the general oh, okay. gist of the thing is that like a lot of white women do it as a sort of like online black facing thing. Similar to like when people use darker skin toned emojis and they, you know, like it, it's like you think you're being woke, but you're not. I'm not saying anything about what miles did. I just, Oh, I am. I am. I am. Uh -huh. I want to be clear too. I'm not really taking any side in any of this. I'm sort of just, yeah, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily well, think one way or the other about it, but if that it was a thing, miles would be one of the, like America's most wanted of it. Like we'd put him. <laughs> we okay. Uh, yeah, but Miles did respond, and he just said that I was looking like a kid. From I didn't recognize the reference. Um, so have you ever heard that band, Perfume Genius? So the new record came out, and I saw someone on Twitter say like, so like you know essentially so that happened or like. Well, my summer is ruined because yeah. like they were going to be so emotionally rocked. Dumpster, by dumpster fire. Yeah, and uh, so then I listened to a song or two songs. I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. It, yeah, I want to like it. I just don't. Is Perfume Genius the one who went to New School and like has a master's in philosophy or something? Couldn't tell you. What's that Fiona Apple song they have? Like, Tatiana taught me how to do something. Isn't that the big hit she has now? Oh, from the new... I only listened to that the one time. I, I don't have any feelings about no, that. You haven't heard it a lot, man? A lot? Yeah. Is it playing on Hot 97? No, I don't know. Um. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know man. Like, face remix. 
Do you ever have stuff like that happen where, like, somebody, like, just tells you lies to your face in front of other people and, like, you just have to, like, pretend you like it? Um, well, I mean, like, last time we did this, you were trying to say that I had done some kind of faux pas about ACAB, but that's not how I remember it. But I also kind of would believe that you guys had, like, a meme that I just wasn't aware of that was some kind of joke about some, I don't know. Oh, that thing with well, I just knew there was something. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying I wasn't that, like, there. conceivably, conceivably, there was like a telling of it <laughs> that you heard from like Zoe Dubno that is like funnier, and I just wasn't aware. So like, my memory of it could be different, but that's sort of different. Mm, no, I'm happy to back down from that one. I don't have any stake in it. Yeah. Um. But. No, I I can't think of like the the last time that I publicly had to like argue about a series of events. Um, I feel like mostly I just sort of either can't remember things or don't remember the details, but uh, yeah, I also just from the tone of the the interaction, I couldn't tell if you guys were really heated about it or not. It, I mean, rereading it just now, it feels all very uh, sardonic and like who cares on both sides, but I don't know. I mean, 2010 was a bad time in this perspective for, like, musical tastes, right? We didn't we didn't really yes. like good music because it hadn't been invented yet. What did I like in 2010? Animal Dirty Collective. Oh, yeah, big. dude. Bit, I mean, bit Opera, dude. are you kidding me? Yeah. No, but I still love Animal Collective. I've been <laughs> I've been doing a lot of uh, feels and sung tongs. Uh, during this quarantine i've been listening to live sets i think animal collective is cool when the, when this ends i'm gonna go follow them around i think that's cool uh yeah but anyway um, i never would have yeah. liked this band though perfume genius i never would have liked that shit what's like the most cringy one that you liked from then like i was a big I was a big uh, Mountain Goats head. What, what did they even have at 2010? The Mountain Goats? Yeah. They had, like, all of all of the relevant ones. No, no, no like, I mean, uh, like, what was out then? Like, what's 2010 music that was bad? Like, uh, I don't know, like, 25 music, 2005 music was bad. Uh, uh, and then the other one, the big 2010 <sighs> band for me, like, Bon Iver was huge. Yeah, I, I think, never, like, never heard that shit. Some of that stuff I still like. Like, and then, like, you probably like LCD Sound System a lot then, too, probably? Yeah, LCD Sound System, I did like a lot right as they were breaking up and then didn't care. I was really into Wilco at the time. I think Wilco holds up, or they have some good records still. I've only um, ever heard that Yankee Hotel. That album's really? good, though. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, they got, they got a couple good ones. And then... I was really into the Antlers my freshman year of college. That's one of the cringier ones. You know yeah. that? No, but I know it's. It seems sounds cringy. Yeah. It was like they had a record called Hospice that was all from the perspective of a guy taking care of a woman who was dying. Yeah. Maybe it was like a metaphor. I feel I like know. there was, was really like Decemberists back then. I never heard them either. But I never probably, heard them yeah. either. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a Decemberist guy, even though they were Pacific Northwest. Um, I liked Harlem a lot. That band Harlem. Uh-huh. Ever hear them? I don't really know Harlem. I liked the band Girls. Yeah. Just that one song, though. I wish I had that one. 
Yeah, I wish I had a girlfriend yeah. and a bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. you know what? I don't like that song that much, but I love the thing where you name your song an already famous song. Mm-hmm. I do love that. Say that again? So Lust oh. of Life is a big Iggy Pop song? Yes, I agree. And it's I cute think that's for cool. him to do that. Like, Are Leon, there other examples of that? Yes, there's many of them. Leon Russell, uh, there's a song called uh, I Put a Spell on You, made famous by Howlin' Wolf. And yeah. uh, Leon Russell has one that's different. His is, oh, I put a spell yeah. on you. It's different. I actually just saw this happen the other day. Someone just put out a new record, Jeff Rosenstock, and he has a song called like Nike's parentheses demo. And I was like, he did a Frank Ocean cover? That's crazy. But it's just a different song. Yeah, that band Spiritualized does it a lot. Like they have a song called Shine a Light. They have a song called Come Together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. Um, certain bands other... do it. I mean, yeah. like, like how there's like three. There's well, the replacements did a record called Let It Be, and like this garage band Baseball Furies did a record called Let It Be, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool move. Yeah, I, mean, I really like. I, mean, it. Like, I think more books should do that too. Well, I mean, I guess No Nosgar did it. What do you mean? My who, struggle. Who's Who's the original? The original My Struggle. Yeah. Do you not know who wrote My Struggle? Mein Kampf? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I had no idea. You've been missing a major part of <laughs> what Novskart is. Oh, man. Dang, That's dude. really funny. Sucks to be That's you. Cool. No, it's good. I just got it hmm. on record. Uh, Have you actually read any of the work? No, I've actually been meaning to. I've been thinking I'm going to download an audiobook of it for when I drive across the country. Oh, yeah. So you're going to do that? Um, Right now, I think so. I ordered some t- uh, like camping gear, and uh, it's all supposed to come by Tuesday. And then, I don't know, assuming that things pan out, yeah, I'll just camp my way across the country. Seems fun. I mean, the country's like gonna be open by then. Like, you're not gonna be the only person doing. Like, it's just gonna be normal again. But everyone's gonna be dying, or something. Yeah, yeah. It feels like. I mean, I read today that like all the states are reopening now. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I don't really. I don't know about this. This coronavirus stuff. Like yesterday, I was. I was. Uh on acid and I was walking around the park and like they had two cops at every entrance of Clinton or Fort green park. Like, but they were all standing at the entrances facing out towards the street. It just didn't make any (laughs) sense to me, but it it felt very oppressive and like kind of trouble. Like, like I almost feel like it's nicer to just walk around, not the park compared to like the designated area for being out of your house. I agree with Um, you there. And, like, but, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I was feeling kind of aware of, yeah, all the social pressure to like stay in your home and then how pointless it is. Like, like the idea, uh, you know, of not like, like I've literally like not seen anyone I know in two or three months. I've been celibate for like four months. Um, and, like, the idea that I would just continue to do this indefinitely for, like, the social good while, like, the official word from the country is to just reopen. It all feels really confusing and pointless. Um, 
I yeah, guess like the main goal is just to not get sick. What kind know. of numbers they give us? What? It's gonna be interesting to see what kind of numbers they start giving us. You know, as on the body as, counts and stuff. Yeah, you see that yeah. thing about how like Georgia put their pie chart or their graph wrong and stuff. No, I didn't see that. What so happened? like usually if you see like a bar chart and like the bar goes down left to right you're like oh there's yeah there's less dying and stuff right that's like good yeah but then you look closer and like on the left it says like february and on the then it says may and then it says march and then it says april or something like that really yeah they put the bars like out of order to (laughs) insane (laughs) yeah i mean how limited that fact is that i just gave it verges on fake news but like it is true in a sense that that is something that's being reported on right i mean it's it, do it's, your it's research like, people it's like the bernie thing where like uh they would like always show the the graphs and like make him look like he was in fourth place even though the number or whatever absolutely the most yeah uh, uh yeah it works i don't know um the other thing about the numbers is it's just going to be such a like like partisan fight over like how new york started to count all the body like all the deaths that are like unconfirmed coronavirus deaths because it's people who died in their homes or whatever and never got tested or uh people who died because of like not being able to get other treatment because of coronavirus um yeah it's just going to be such a huge sort of like shit show of trying to establish any kind of truth about this. Yeah, it's just going to be a Rorschach test for whether you think Cuomo should be God Emperor or whatever. But yeah. I had some uh, other stuff. So, all right. So you, when you were a kid, you would drive in the car with your mom and yes. somebody would come on the public access radio and be like, listen up. I know a lot of you like to raise families, but not me. I'm in a group about how it's bad to raise kids and everything like that. And your mom said, oh, these people, I know about them. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're referencing a tweet I did. Um, this is like a weird memory I have as a kid. I wonder if my mom would be able to confirm it. Like, it probably didn't really stick in her brain. But yeah, as a kid, it's like we're driving around listening to NPR, maybe on my way to school or way home from school. And... Um, yeah, like this woman comes on to talk about some, like, you know, probably it was like, like whatever the 90s equivalent of like global warming is, where she was like talking about like litter in parks or something. But like her group that were against litter were like the anti reproduction people or something. But so, like, you know, they, they introduce her, she says some stuff. And then I like ask my mom, like, there's people out there who like, you know, like, what is this? Or like, and she was able to explain it to me and then like sort of confirmed that there are people out there who not only don't reproduce, but like, don't like children. I don't know. Like, it seems so surreal as a memory, but, uh, yeah, I, the, the most surprising thing to me would be that like, she would be able to confirm it versus just being like, I don't know. This is the first thing I'm hearing about it, but that's what I remember. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember if it was before school or after school? I want to say it was after school. It's I remember so it was all like things sunny. considered probably. Yeah, but like, like all things considered, seems too national to have such a fringe opinion on. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. 
maybe yeah. at three o'clock there was like a local interviews person i don't know that's possibly yeah it'd be cool to find the set that's what i should really do See yeah archive.org i can find the segment that'd that, be something yeah don't go to media matters what's that oh you don't know that website media matters no i don't know about that it's like just this website that posts like clips of conservative stuff mostly it's like a liberal site that posts conservative stuff to like make you mad mm-hmm. but the guy who found it's boyfriend is comet ping pong so That's i don't, the go, pizza I don't go there anymore because pe- yeah because uh, yeah yeah you know uh shawl used to work there no but i knew that i didn't trust that guy I already unfollowed him, but not for that. But now that's what it's for. Would you unfollow him for? I mean, it was for that, but I didn't know it yet. I see. You just didn't like his tweets? He didn't tweet that much. Huh. Uh, tweet I saw recently that I did like was that Steven Sturgeon tweet. Um, I'm going to look it up real fast. Yeah, he's he's got a funny tweeter sometimes. You know who tweeted I like a lot? Miles. Hmm. <laughs> the one where it's just a reaction <laughs> oh no 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 that one's bad but a lot of times it's pretty good <laughs> uh the steven tweet i was thinking of is uh a technology that was independently discovered very very many multiple times like thousands and thousands of times probably was i bet stilts uh i liked it a lot i don't agree with him it just was funny to me, like, imagining him thinking yeah. of that. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, that's the most random thing I ever heard of. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like uh, that manic pixie dream girl kind of. It's good. It's good. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. It's good. It's good. I, I respect that. Um, so I had a couple other things in my notes. Uh uh, you seen any plays? You ever go to plays? Plays. Yeah, I've been to two or three as an adult, but no, not really. Yeah, I've been to a few plays. One time I went and saw Michelle Williams and like mm-hmm. another film actor were in this. Michelle two- Williams. She was in Blue like, Valentine. Blue Velvet. Yeah, yeah, Blue Valentine. She was from Dawson's Creek, I think. Okay, and then she married Phil Elverham briefly. Is that right? Yeah, because she was married to Heath Ledger, and then Phil and her both had dead spouses, so they got together. It was short, though. I don't know if they... Yeah, I think they got married. All those people are fucking whack, yo. It's just crazy. I don't know. Like, it seems like... It really seems like if you ascend to that level of celebrity, you've just date other celebrities if i ever saw any of those people in real life i would fucking run up on them you and phil i never liked his music to start with <laughs> uh all right sorry i interrupted you though so you went plus to see a didn't play he say was... like little peeps negative and some shit i'll fucking run up on yeah that, he did say that that was stupid and apparently yeah, he dude. went on a podcast where they like blah, review blah. every blink 182 song and he said that, uh, or in the episode he was on was uh, "I Miss You," and he had never heard the song before. Which I there's so many questions there. Like, how did you convince him to go on a podcast about Blink One Eighty Two without knowing any Blink One Eighty Two music? I don't know. I was surprised. Yeah, he's okay, fucking so he whack, dude. I don't even think a lot of kids have ever even heard that record, "The Glow Part 2. 
<laughs> I've never heard that shit. <laughs> I think a lot of people confuse it because they're like, okay, so uh, part one is in the aeroplane over the sea. Part two must be the glow part two. And they think, but no, that record's called On Every Island and it actually came out before in the aeroplane over the sea. Mm. A lot of people don't know much about 90s indie music, but I could Neutral say Milk Hotel is really good, man. Oh, my God. I love you, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I love you. Yes, I do. And then, like, a sousaphone comes in at that part. Boom. Ah, it's magical. Yeah. Wow. Really something. I'll put that. That's that today. type of music that touches your soul. I think so. I can't tell if you're joking or not. No, I remember when I went to college and me and my girlfriend got our first apartment together and we mm. lived in like a five-story tenement building and one of the old neighbors that still lived there from back in the day came over to borrow flour one time and my mm. girlfriend was there alone listening to that record and she was so embarrassed because that part was on the Jesus part and the lady was like an old lady and she probably thought we were like Christian people or something. And we had a laugh when I came home after that. I brought home some red striped beer. After work. This is, I still can't tell if you're joking because you said you went to college. Yeah, it was when I first heard in the city, just like after the war. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Nah, but I did read that. Yo, actually, yeah, I read that shit in a zine one time. I read someone relate that anecdote. About listening to that and worrying their yeah, neighbor was going to be their neighbor and everything. Yeah. Would they be worried that their neighbor would think they're Christian or like that they're listening to music that's like using the Lord's name in vain or something? No, because like they know that other people are normal. Because like there's Christian freaks, you know, like rock and roll Christians. Nobody likes them. Yeah, that's surprising. I guess. Oh, I see. Because they think I love you, Jesus Christ. Not like I love you, comma, Jesus Christ. No, not. It's obvious from the song, Willis. You have to use your earballs. He's loving Jesus Christ, man. It's not like I love you. Oh, that's Christ, where I've baby. interpreted it, man. Wow, dude, you're fucking. They shouldn't let you drive to Canada. <laughs> they should take your license out. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think Connor should watch your cat. I'm freaked out. That's crazy. You really think that that neutral milk hotel song is about loving God? I thought that record was about Ian Frank. She's Jewish. Yeah, I could be wrong, I guess. I never thought about it that way. Uh, I just, I, I'm talking out of my ass. Okay, so you went to see a play. It had Michelle Williams in it. And I think another so. Hollywood actor. Yeah, and some other big guy. Like, uh, he might have been the dude, actually. Uh, Jeff Bridges. I yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was a play called Blackbird. And it was about, like, when Michelle Williams was a kid, her parents were friends with Jeff Bridges, and so, like, he would come over for dinner or something, and he was divorced or naughty or some shit like that, and then, like, he, she, like, low-leaded him and everything like that, and, like, they went to, like, Ocean City, Maryland together for a long weekend and shit like that. These are the characters that they played, or it's, like, about true stuff in their childhoods no yeah i think it just is a characters 
characters. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It's not really about them. But, uh, yeah, it was heavy. That's cool. I was it's moved. It's interesting to use Lolita as, as a verb. Yeah. And Lolita was the one doing it. Uh, no. But I feel like people do shit like that. I feel like that use of language, I'm not the first person to do shit like that. Well, it's the same as me too'd, right? Like a person oh, gets me too'd, they don't, <laughs> they don't, I guess that's different. They don't make their own bed. Um, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Lolita. I mean, it's it would be impossible to Lolita someone with what we know now, right? Like, yeah. So I lolita someone. But you actually didn't because the other person was a grown-up and grown-ups are able to, like, not have sex with children. Yeah, that's been the interesting thing in retrospect is uh, that this 30-year-old person was cool with having sex with me when I was, like... I was 18, so it was legal, but still crazy to me, like, now at 28, looking back on that. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Uh, what other plays you seen? So that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, happened. <laughs> but anyway, so that was a cool play. Um, I've been to a few plays with Dave. There's this playwright called Will Eno who studied under Lish, who we like sometimes. We've seen a couple of his plays together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave and I also went to go see. Uh. Some play by some famous actor called A Delicate Balance. Uh, I mean, a famous playwright. Uh, it wasn't good at all. It was horrible. Hmm. Hated it. It was by the same... Per- Edward Albee. He made that stupid uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, And that thing's horrible, too. I've only seen the movie, but have you ever know about that? Who's Afraid of Virginia no, Wolf? I never... Yeah, so I the never premise is... So imagine there's like an old college professor... And mm-hmm. he's married to the daughter of the president of the college. Mm-hmm. So that seems like a good thing for your career, right? To be married right, to the president's yeah. daughter. But he's such a dead fish that, like, he still doesn't have much of a career because he's lame. Okay. And his wife hits the sauce pretty hard, and she gives him a hard time. Like, come on, my dad's the president of the place, and you still are crappy at being a professor? What the hell? Yeah. No wonder I sleep around and I drink too much and everything like that. And he's like, okay, dear. You know, can you picture that? his wife is Virginia Woolf? No, no, no. And then Uh, there's a new professor who's young, a young man Mm -hmm. in from the Midwest with like a young wife. And they're like 25 and like nice and everything. And so at a party, like the the drunk old wife is like, hey, you kids come party with me and my loser husband. And like. She just berates him in front of these kids the whole time. It's really, really rough. Classic. Yeah, it's kind of like, look who's coming to dinner. I don't think I've ever seen that either. Oh, yeah. In that one, a uh, white woman brings home Sidney Poitier, who's a a black actor in the 50s or 60s. And it's her father, mostly, I think it's doesn't understand what's going on here mm-hmm. it's, it's just, like that episode of the sopranos 
Oh, does Meadow do that? Yeah, she brings home like a mixed race guy, and Tony says some racist stuff to him to like scare him off. Honestly, though, like from my memories of The Sopranos, that seems so much more racist of Meadow to do that to the guy than Tony, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the show actually does a pretty good job portraying that whole scenario in a way. I believe it's it. like, yeah, it's like obvious that Meadow is sort of uh, using this guy to say something. But the guy is also like just everyone involved is shitty in a way that seems really believable. Yeah, I didn't mean to berate The Sopranos if I ever did. I'm sorry. I feel bad about a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think it's... I think... I can't remember what you said about it. I was surprised, though. I was oh, mad you said about that You said that something is good, like how The Sopranos is, like, good uh, top-tier television or something. Yeah, In a way know, that I suggested wonder, you didn't think that. I, I wonder know. what it was. Hmm. Maybe one of our uh, archivists. Yeah, one of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. So, what are the metrics like, Willis? So you sent me that graph, but I couldn't. I couldn't zoom in. Oh, uh, you couldn't make heads or tails of it. Uh, it's like we got uh, 18, 18 unique listeners. I think probably including the two of us. Uh, That's still pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy with it. And then. Uh, we get a demographic breakdown provided by Spotify. So I think that's only of our Spotify listeners, which make up, you know, half or whatever. Uh, 89% male, 11% female, and 0% non-binary or not specified. Okay, so we have some work to do in that department. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to... Uh... We should probably try to reach out. And then our listeners... Like about forty percent, it looks like, are in the eighteen to twenty-two category. Ten uh, percent, twenty-three to twenty-seven, and then the majority, whatever the rest is, are twenty-eight to thirty-four. Which I guess, including the two of us, makes sense again. And then Miles is just an outlier. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the graph breaks before age sixty. <laughs> no, he's like fifty-one. But, um, all right, I think I had another thing on my list after the plays. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so Manhattan Avenue in Greenpoint. Mm -hmm. You know about how it starts being alphabetical up there? Yes, I do. I figured that out after three years of working in that neighborhood. Yeah, because all like, the way up at the top, it's Ash Street, and right, then Box Street, box. and then what is it, like Cherry? I don't know, Diamond, Eagle, Freeman, shit like that. It, after Freeman, do we just get Greenpoint now? No, you're still, I think you get Green. Greenpoint uh, okay. is not part of it. There's a few that aren't part of it. but um, Does Kent? Yeah, although I think, like... There's Kent Street, which is different than Kent. Right. Kent Street is where Kickstarter was located. And then Kent Ave runs north-south. Yeah, is that true? That's so crazy. Um, yeah, but anyway. They, they ran out of names that fast. It's so crazy. Yeah, no, I love it when the streets are alphabetical like that. We have a similar thing down here in Bed-Stuy. Yeah, you do, don't you? It turns into like president's names, and they're alphabetical. Do you know what I'm talking about? You have, like, Madison Monroe. Man, it would be crazy if they were chronological. And then oh, my God. 
Like, did I pass it? And then you have to, like, go through the presidents in your head. But anyway, so I think between, like, Box and Cherry mm-hmm. on the uh, Manhattan borough side of the street, which is the left side going north, which is the west side of the street. The Manhattan borough side. Yeah, if you're going to the borough of Manhattan, you're closer to that on this side of the street that I'm talking about. I see. Yeah. Which is the west side. So on the west side of that block, there's like a generic supermarket, but like not quite like it doesn't really have like full shopping carts, but it's like more than a bodega, you know, like kind of new organic-y kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like harvest market plus, you know, type thing or whatever. Yeah, I know about those. Okay. We're like, yeah, like, uh, does it have a deli counter even? No way of knowing. No way of knowing. So yeah. Van Leeuwen and mm. Vegan Van Leeuwen. Yeah. Six ninety nine. Wow. That's a good deal. Yeah. It's the best deal I've heard so far. And they've got like a lot of the varieties. So that's my new, that's my new thing. Are you stocked up? Um, we were stocked up approximately... A week ago, but we're, we're we we uh, my wife made up a delicious banana bread yesterday, but that uh, something happened to that over the night too. So uh, now we're low on sweets again. Yeah, I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm just going to be eating peanut butter. Um, it's that time of the week. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Um, you ever do hacky sacks? I, you know, so many things that, like, I tried to do as a kid, I mean, tried, that, like, you know, I, you know, you, you make one attempt as a juvenile, and you're not yeah. immediately successful, so you're like, eh, not gonna do this, but now I'm just like, huh, if I'd done that, like, once a week or something, like, now I'd be good at it by now. Yeah. Like, skateboarding. I remember when my dad gave me a skateboard, I took it outside, and I, like, rolled on the, and we didn't have, like, smooth roads where I lived, so I lived out in the country, and I was like, well, it's too Diff- it's too like hard to do <laughs> right i'm not gonna do this but yeah. like and then i did that again when i got a skateboard just like a uh, six months ago i did that and i wrote it and i was like this is hard and then like i wrote you, it for like two more days and i was like oh now it's easy though if i had just I done that when i was a kid yeah as a kid i was really bad at a lot of things but really tried hard to be good at them and it didn't really ever pay off but you know moderate success like I spent, like, a whole summer just trying to learn how to, like, uh, ollie on a skateboard. I'd just be standing. Yeah, it sucked. (laughs) I was really bad. No, that's fucking awesome, dude. You're my hero. But, yeah, I mean, I think with Hacky Sack, it was more like when I got into high school, I was, like, a stoner. You know, like, and so a lot of your culture is sort of dictated by stuff you see in Cheech and Chong movies. So it was, like, my friends, like, wore drug rug sweatshirts and, uh, like, these Osiris skate shoes that were made of hemp and had, like, a secret yes. pocket in the tongue. Yes. Um, and, like, yeah, like, so it was, like, between classes, our, our high school was set up in a way where there was, like, a courtyard that you would, like, hang out in for 10 minutes in between every class. And we would, like, stand in a circle and try to hacky sack. But, yeah, I was bad at that, too. Devil uh, sticks? I never even tried that one. I didn't do. Yeah, that's but a stretch. There, yeah, and then there were kids who would do fire dancing. Oh my god! They, well, I mean, how do you do that? Like balls. Wait, wait. Sorry, you just start from the beginning with the fire dancing. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So downtown for a while it was like condoned, but it was mostly something there were a lot of crust punks in my hometown. And of what town? This is Ashland, Oregon. Okay. Um and so yeah, like crust punks would sort of like make their way up and down uh I five, which is like the interstate that runs from like uh, presumably as far down as LA all the way up to the top of anyway. Uh so there'd be a lot of crust punks and they would all hang out downtown on this like courtyard. Um, and the, the town I'm from is like such a small town that there is an actual downtown center sort of. Um, and these were the people who like, we would get to buy us beer or whatever when we were teens. Um, and on Fridays they would do fire dancing on the plaza which they must have somehow got a permit for i think at one point the town was like really tolerant of the crust punks and has since become less so because they're bad for tourism and it's like mostly the economy is based around uh a shakespeare festival they have but um so on fridays the crust punks would have these like like metal chains i think that had like two sort of cloth balls on the ends um, or they would have two chains that each had a cloth ball on the end and they would douse them in lighter fluid and then you'd light them and then spin them around. You ever seen anything like this? I've been to, I've been to two events that had fire dancing and I could never tell what was happening at either one of them. I just knew that like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Oh no, no. I guess what I've seen, it's almost like they have devil sticks that are on fire. I don't know what the hell they're doing, actually. They're just, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but, like, a thing you would see a lot was, like, when it wasn't Friday, like, they're not even lit, and it's just people sort of swinging two balls around, practicing. Yeah, that, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But there's, like, a lot of shit like that going on that sort of, like, you just conform into. Although I didn't, I didn't ever go that far. My brother used to hang out with those kids a little bit, which was always stressful. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah. Um, you ever heard the Star Spangled Banner? Is that the one? No, I don't know it. How does it go? Oh, say can you see by the rocket's red glare What mm-hmm. so proudly our flag was still bursting last gleaming that's by Orson Scott Key. Is that right? Uh, Franklin Orson Card, maybe. I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. Okay, so have you heard of Larry King? Like the late night host? Well, yeah, you have heard of him, but there's another one. Okay. Okay. So, I want to take you to Omaha, Nebraska in the... Mm-hmm late 60s it's hard to get a loan when you're a black person in omaha Mm -hmm. the banks do redlining yeah so good thing there is this credit union called the franklin federal credit union that uh is black themed and they've got a guy that is the head of it called 
Larry King, and he is supposed to be good for your community. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Federal Credit Union, its only deposits are supposed to be like one and a half million to two million. I'm pretty sure, like from people in the community who like put their paychecks in there and shit like that. So Larry King only takes home like sixteen thousand a year or some shit like that. Sure. Yo, but he's got like many different apartments in Omaha, and he's got a five thousand dollar a month one in DC too. And he yeah. like hangs out with like all the big Republican people in Nebraska and national Republican Party politics and shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Yo, in 1982, he sings the national anthem at this like gathering of black Republicans that is a big deal. And Ronald Reagan is there and Ronald Reagan hears it. And he's like, yo, that guy is good at singing the national anthem. So guess what? 1984, the Republican national convention in Dallas happens. And guess who on the second day sings the national anthem, Larry King. All right. I'm with you so far. Okay. So, you know, I watched that TV show, Dallas. Yeah. Okay. It takes place at the South Fork ranch, which is a ranch I guess, in Dallas, or outside of Dallas, that you can rent. It's like a conference center, but it's where they live in that show. Okay. And in 1984, uh, Larry King rented it during the convention, and he had a party there. It was quite common for Larry to have parties. He was kind of like the Jeffrey Epstein of his time and location and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, he would have, like, kids travel with him from Omaha to different cities, including Dallas in 84, to, like, have parties to, like, entertain, like, rich politicians and shit like that. You think uh, the way that, like, Lil B has the Black Ken mixtape, like... In the 2000s, it's conceivable that someone would have made, like, uh, Black Epstein as a thing. Yeah, so anyway, um, (laughs) he, uh, oh yeah, there's this thing called Boys Town in Nebraska. It's like this famous orphanage or some shit that some Catholic motherfucker set up in the 20s. It's supposed to be all good and shit. Yo, Mm -hmm. but that shit is nothing but, like, a place for fucking Larry King and his friends to go, like, do freaking pederasty and shit, yo. And, like, yo, they've got the freaking, uh, what's it called when you're foster parents? They fuck that shit up, dude. They, like, freaking are raping all these kids and shit and doing fucking child pornography. They're doing satan worshipping. They're doing freaking ritual murder shit, dude. Yo, it's fucked up, dude, and it goes high up. It goes high up. There's fucking as high as uh, Reagan. Uh, no, but you know who? Who? J H W B. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude, he was at some of the parties. Oliver North was at some of the parties. Uh, not John Kerry, but this senator called Bob Kerry, who supposedly was gonna run for president in '92 as a Democrat before Clinton got in. Um, mm-hmm. he was like all tied up in it, like. Yo, mad motherfuckers were tied up in it. Interesting. Yo, the Nebraska Senate had like a freaking hearing to like say like, yo, what's up with this? And their investigator, mm-hmm. plane crashed with his eight-year-old kid in it when they were flying to Chicago to go see the All-Star game. 
He flew what his own plane. That was in like 89, 88. Okay. Yeah, Larry King had just sang again at the 88 convention in New Orleans. He also sang the the Star Spangled Banner. Though I can't find that on the internet. The 84 one, you can watch that shit on YouTube. He is a good singer. Is he a good performance? Yes, okay. he's a very good singer, but you can kind of cool. tell like probably... You don't think he's good enough? He doesn't deserve to be there doing it? No, no, no. This is the singing, yes. But I think that he's pushing his pickle into some square pickle jars. Where do you uh, start reading about all this? Uh, I don't know if Chapo or True or not or something, but there's two books about it that I've read, and there's a documentary uh-huh. on YouTube that actually I already tweeted out the the link on our uh, the show oh. tweet. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's called Conspiracy of Silence. And this Franklin cool. Credit Union shit is mad real, yo. Yo, That's it's cool. crazy. They killed mad people. And yo, uh-huh. Larry King... Because it wasn't even going to get in trouble for him being a freaking pedophile. The only reason he got in trouble is because he also embezzled mad funds. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, he was living mad lavish. It was crazy. But anyway. Is he in jail now? No. He got like one year or something. But this mm-hmm. girl, Alicia Owen, who was one mm-hmm. of the victims, who, because like four kids came forward and was like, yeah, this happened. And then two of them recanted. And then they got Classic. to leave or whatever, but mm-hmm. Alicia Owen would not recant, and so she got like ten to twenty years in jail and shit like that. And it made some We're of the kids have multiple. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a lie. Because it was all mm-hmm. like, because also the newspaper, the the major newspaper in Omaha, that dude mm-hmm. was all doing the raping and shit too. So that newspaper was all like, this is made up and every shit like that. When it was like, there's lots of stuff. Everybody says it's like the same thing that it's probably not made up and everything like that. Yo, dude, it's so fucked up. And you know how I feel about, like, rich people. Like, I don't even think you have to be a pedophile to be a pedophile. Because, like, by having a lot of money in your bank account when somebody else doesn't, like, obviously they're going to have to go, like, get themselves molested because they can't just have normal shit because you have to have all the fucking resources. Like, that's pedophile by default. So, like... Mm -hmm. You don't even have to be a pedophile in my book to be a pedophile, but these motherfuckers are straight up pedophiles. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, there's uh, a book called the the Franklin uh, cover up that uh, this guy Brian DeCamp wrote in the eight nineties, and then there's like a more updated one called the Franklin Scandal or some shit that I'm reading right now, and they're fucking sick. It's fucked up, cool. dude. Uh. You see this Gia Tolentino drama? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I didn't know that much about that. Also, I want to talk about Lana, too. Yeah. Uh, So, the Gia one, I just finally... Who is that? I'm supposed to know who that is? Yeah, she, I think, is a critic for the New Yorker, primarily. And then she put out a book uh, last year that my brother bought my mom for Christmas. Kind of like a big cultural criticism for millennials type of book uh which was called uh maybe ha 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 that seems wrong trick mirror is the name of the gia tolentino book um but yeah so i a friend of mine was texting me about this and she sent me a pretty cool review of uh, Gia Tolentino's book from the London Review of Books called Ha 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 Ha. The author's Lauren Euler. Um, and 
she kind of digs into Gia Tolentino about uh, having like appease everybody politics that don't really care about anything. Um, she says, she says, yet yeah, the spotty acceptance of feminism has created a loophole for women in certain spheres, like media and publishing, claiming to have hurdled sexist obstacles where there were only other kinds of obstacle. We are able to take advantage of a feminist overcorrection. This is consistent with the trick mirror-like quality of mainstream political and cultural discourse more broadly. And then uh, later on in the thing, she says, some modern critics exploit this uncertainty, grounding their analyses in the stability of conventional moral wisdom, even as they bemoan its absence. They emphasize the primacy of emotions and the importance of empathy in order to avoid the discomfort of thought and the stakes involved in taking a position. Um, which, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think seems I cool. It. Like, yeah, basically the way that like everyone on Twitter somehow is still friendly with each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, clearly this stuff doesn't actually matter, right? Because otherwise, right. I right exactly. Yeah, like you couldn't actually be on the New York Times editorial board and like have like you see Brett Stevens at like your pitch meeting or something and you don't kill him. Like I don't. Yeah, know, like I seems... see, I see. Always get these like recommend. Hey, you might you might as well follow this woman. Like her name, I think, is like something Post or whatever, and like mm -hmm. Means TV, and like half of the fucking dirtbag left seems to follow her, and like she seems to write for Vox and the New York Times. It's like, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's probably a good. Seems like a good person. I could see that. Like I, uh, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. So anyway, that's just a little background. But the thing that happened apparently is that the Red Scare subreddit dug up this stuff about how Gia Tolentino's parents, she's Filipino, I believe, and her family are maybe like first generation immigrants. And then her parents ran this uh, organization that would help place teachers from the Philippines with schools in Texas. So like get them a job and then like immigrate them basically. Um, and uh, now I've first read Gia Tolentino's like blog post about this where she sort of is like, I never wanted to have to talk about this publicly, but like you've made me. Um, but basically one time her dad like was trying to bring these people over for jobs and then according to her, the school rescinded the jobs but he already like had them in the process of immigrating. So he tried to place them with new jobs at other schools. Um, and uh, then ICE got involved. This is like right at the beginning of ICE stuff. Um, but basically they made it into a crime thing where um, he was like trafficking people for like illegal immigration because the names of the schools on their papers were different from the ones where they were actually going. Um, and so, yeah, this all surfaced and people were like, Gia Tolentino is canceled. Her parents did human trafficking. And then she wrote this sort of blog post about it where she was like, it was actually really well-intentioned. We were just trying to bring people over, um, help them like build new lives for themselves. And, uh, yeah, like, what, you're going to trust, like, cops and ICE specifically as, like, your source of trying to, like, cancel me? Um, which I thought was, like, pretty compelling. Like, it seems funny that, like, these, like, online leftists are ready to use. And she was, like, also, like, she contextualizes that this is, like, post-9-11 America. So for brown people, like, her parents, it just, you know, 
wasn't a good time to be on that side of this criminal process. Um, and then just goes on to talk about all the financial damage that it did and how her parents weren't able to fight it. So after a mistrial the first time, the second time they had a public defendant and they took a plea deal or something. So there's whatever. Um, so that's, that's my understanding of like the actual thing. But then I was texting with Mira about it today a little bit. You texted Mira? Said, yeah, me and Mira talk. Uh, uh, and Mira was telling me that if you read the court documents, they were doing a lot of like predatory loaning and uh, the teachers from the Philippines like testified against them in the trial. I don't know. Sounds, sounds uh, murky to me. <laughs> like, but it, I don't know. The way stuff's going on the internet these days, uh, like the clip of it is crazy because I finally, like I basically like got to the bottom of like why are people tweeting about Gia Tolentino and then at that point, they were already on to talking about the Lana Del Rey thing. And, and what is even... that? She said that like uh, Beyonce can rap about cheating on her boyfriend, and it's not bad, or she can, or something. Oh, what? I didn't even. Yeah, didn't she posted on Instagram, and I don't have Instagram, so I only I've seen a screenshot of it now. Um, but the gist of it, I believe, is that she said that she named a lot of black artists and asked like, why is it okay for them to talk about being sexy, but not me was the, the gist of it. Um, it's not okay for her. Isn't everything she's ever done been fun? Like how, what she's like a huge pop star. Everything she's been universally accepted for everything she's done. I'm fed up with female writers and alt singers saying that I glamorize abuse when in reality I'm just a, gr a glamorous person singing about the realities of what we are all now seeing are very prevalent, emotionally abusive relationships all over the world. Um, you're freaking wrestling with a pig and you they like to get dirty and you're stupid if you're like a smart person and you try to have an opinion about Lana Del Rey. Yeah, I don't. I liked some of her old music, but I don't even care. The new one, for some reason, people really liked. It freaked me out. Yeah, people are less and less worthwhile. I've noticed. Um. Yeah. Saw she should have covered that other summertime song. The one that she did is the one that Sublime also covered at one point. Or is yeah. it a sublime song? Well, it's a sublime song that like interpolates a Billy Holiday song. But it would have been right. cool if she had done that in the summertime. You got the weather's hot. You got the <laughs> da, da, da. I think that really would have been better with her voice. Yeah. We're really uh doing a musical episode. I think that's the third or fourth song you've sung. Um, all right. So how you think we got enough or you want to keep keep spinning? Yeah, I think we do. We got to an hour. I'm not going to cut any of it, so... Alright, so I think you can find that the version of uh, Larry King singing at 84. It's on C-SPAN's uh, website. Yeah. If you search Larry King uh, National Anthem, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put that at the end. Do whatever you gotta do. This is the crapshoot. Jock here, Willis there, safely quarantined and sheltering at home. Who do we do Bye. it for, Willis? We do it for ourselves. No, I do it for you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'll email you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.